What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Small Talk with the podcast with your host, Sydney Matone. How are you guys doing? Like, how are you really, really doing? I know some of you might be listening to this on your commute or maybe at work or you're just taking a little bit of a break, which is good. We all need to take breaks. But really ask yourself, how are you doing? Take a moment for yourself. I know this is kind of corny, but I love to do a breath together right now. So wherever you are, let's do a breath. I'm going to count to three. We're going to breathe, hold it for three seconds, and then we're going to let it out. Okay? So one, two, three. Okay. I hope you did it. If you didn't, make sure you take time to do that later. But I'm saying that because I feel like a lot of the guests I have come on because I have a lot of people that have very busy lifestyles and I'm sure you guys are very similar. I keep hearing the same thing over and over again that people don't take time for themselves and they're almost like shocked when I ask them like what do you do for yourself I hear this like all the time and I wanted to remind you guys please take time for yourselves it's so important it doesn't have to be like this an insane amount of hours but just a few minutes out of your day right just to like be present put the phone down put everything down and just be where you are um, also just, you know, planning things in your calendar. I know last weekend I went to the city and I met up with some friends and it was so good to connect in real life because we've been communicating through like DM and text or whatever. And we met up for brunch and just kind of like chatted and caught up on life. And it felt so good to connect in, you know, in person. So if you haven't done that with your friends and you're able to, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, but anyway, with all of that said, I really have the most amazing women today on the podcast. They're so awesome and I cannot wait for you to meet them. So let me first introduce them. So this week I'm chatting with Kennedy Critchlow and Mary Rolf Lawson of the amazing fashion label Daily Drills. Their mission is to simplify getting dressed and blur the lines between workout wear, lounge wear, business wear, and everything in between. These two best friends in the midst of the 2020 global pandemic decided to follow their instincts, combine their talents, and take a leap of faith by designing a clothing brand. Their organic growth, along with some genius marketing ideas, allowed them to hit $1 million in sales in their first year. Today, they no longer are brainstorming on the floor of their apartment, but now have their own HQ in LA, along with a growing team. The craziest part about all of this is that they're only in their mid-20s. They view all their customers like their friends, and after chatting with them, it became very apparent why they have been so successful. What I loved the most was how transparent they are about how they grew their business, from the initial startup costs to marketing tactics to even the design process. We also touch on how they navigate working with one of your best friends, the importance of being kind, and learning to trust yourself. I so enjoyed these ladies, and I learned so much, and I know you will too. Now, let's sit back and meet the Daily Drills dynamic duo. Hey guys, I'm here now with Daily Drills and they look absolutely stunning by the way, but how are you guys doing? Oh, so, so good. Sweet. How are you? Good. No one ever asks me that. I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh I feel like it's just trying to play catch up and it never ends. I already am looking forward to the weekend and it's only Tuesday, so so yeah. Crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um what do you guys how, how's your week going so far? it's going good <laughs> on it yesterday monday felt like monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday i know but it's so good we have a drop coming up on wednesday which i'm really excited for and an event as well so we're just kind of gearing up for that and doing everything else in between yeah the I day think before it's been a little crazy yeah the day before is a little crazy always before a launch but we've gotten more in rhythm like it used to be like the few hours before are really stressful now yeah. it's like the day before and then a few hours before we kind of, we already have everything. Yeah. We're a little now. more relaxed. Yeah. Exactly. Love that. And for those listening, cause they can't see you who's Kennedy and then who's Mary. I'm Mary Ralph. Okay. 
I'm Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. So now you guys can hear the difference between the voices. Cool. Well, let's go back to the beginning because I'm obsessed with your brand and I was checking it out. And I actually have a lot of friends that already like purchased from you guys. So like this is, I love this is all coming for full circle, but let's go back to the beginning before daily drills even started. What were you guys doing before this? Um, I, well, I graduated college in 2019. Ken graduated in 2018. Um, we both had different jobs. I had a social media boutique, social media agency with my sister. So I was running social for a few companies in LA. Um, I stayed in LA post-college, um, and Ken and I were just best friends. We had always circulated business ideas. Ken will tell you what she's doing, what she was doing next, but, um, we always kind of were like thinking of something to do, thinking what we wanted to do together. Ken had a sweater line at one point. She was mm. doing marketing for um, a brand and we kind of were working together on a lot of projects. I would do social for them. She would do marketing and copywriting for them. Yeah. Um, and then one day I, we'll get into the story. I bet in, in a little bit, yeah. but one day, one of the clients that we were working for had extra fabric left over and that's kind of where daily drills was born. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I was doing um, marketing in-house for a food company. So I was working on products. Um, but we had always kind of, like Ralph was saying, talked about ideas. She was like that one friend that I would always go to and be like, okay, you know, I'm having a hard time with social. What do you recommend? And so we were always kind of like bouncing ideas off of each other. So it really felt like divine intervention when um, that client that we were both working for had extra fabric. And I was like, all right, do you want to use it? And she was like, yeah. So it, it was kind of like right time, right place. But we both had similar, but very different jobs. If that yeah. Or, yeah. Like they worked well together, but definitely like more specialized in different areas. Yeah. It's interesting because your background wasn't in fashion. It was really in like the marketing and social media space. Yeah. And we yeah. always loved fashion. Like growing up, I always loved fashion. I had like different little businesses growing up. Um, and my mom loved fashion and that was always a big part of my life. And I thought that I could be in fashion one day, but never thought I would have my own brand or I'd be 30 or 40 or have my own store, you know, not even my own brand. Um, but it's interesting to see how like our strengths and what we went to school yeah. for have played a part, but we could have done anything. And I'm so thankful that we went yeah. into fashion. It's so much fun. Yeah, totally. It's interesting. So I graduated college in 2019. So there really wasn't, there really was no necessarily a huge career before this. I mean, you guys did this like pretty much right after college. So, and it was also, I believe you guys started daily drills in 2020. Yeah. Right. Mid pandemic. Okay. So now you have this like background and you're realizing you guys want to be entrepreneurs and do your own thing. Like where did this idea even, I know it started with, you know, having extra fabric, but where did the idea come from? It was just as simple as saying we both want to start a business together. We didn't mm -hmm. have this grand plan. We didn't have, you know, like a five-year strategy yeah. and projections. We both basically just came to this point and realization that we wanted to start our own brand. We didn't want to wait till we were 30 to test the waters mm. and that we were willing to put money towards a learning. So it's totally self-funded. Ralph and I put in an equal amount of money and we basically said like, we could go back to school, get our master's in business you know, to feel qualified, quote unquote, to start our own business, or we could spend this money and, you know, bet on ourselves and chalk it up to learnings. If nothing comes out of it, obviously we were striving for it to work and like, you know, going forward, believing in ourselves. But at the same time, we kind of were like, okay, let's just spend this money and learn and see what comes out from it. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I think I'm so curious about this because you guys are young and I'm assuming the funds that you had weren't massive. 
Um, and so a lot of people I know want to start businesses or start brands, but I guess for you guys, like what were, what was the original investment towards? Like, how were you, you have this idea. I don't even know. I don't even know where, would, where I would start. Yeah. Um, so the original thing, so Ken and I both worked, um, a bunch in college. Like we were always the ones that had internships or summer jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a bit of savings. So we both put $10,000 towards it and that. Okay. Really, I think um, when people always ask, like, how did you budget the first round or how did you begin? I think it was super, super helpful. Like we went to the bank, opened a a daily drills bank account and transferred the money into there. So then that's not ours anymore. It's used for the business. So we tried to use all of it up on our first drop. We used about um, a fourth of it to go to legal setup, startup, all those sort of fees. And then the rest of it, literally to buy the clothes that were our first drop, all we could afford were uh, black leggings, black biker shorts, a black sports bra and a white t-shirt. And just bought as many of those as we could and that we were confident we could sell. And then um, thankfully it was crazy, but the first um, round that we did, we sold out, which was great. So then the pot has grown from there, but I think just like there's so many different ways you can go about it. There's people that get investors, all these different things, but I really love, I don't think I would have changed it if we went back. Like it allowed us to be scrappy, but it also, we had that tie to it that like, we want this to go well mm-hmm. because we have like our own investment in it. Mm-hmm. So let's do all that we can to make this go as far, as far as it can. I think it was, I think it was a beautiful thing at the beginning. And honestly, like with $20,000, you can start a business. I think you can start it with less and I think you can start it with a lot more. So yeah, kind of whatever kind you of, feel comfortable. Yeah. We, we don't know why we did that. Why do why did we do that? I don't that know how we picked that number, honestly. Yeah. And like Ralph was saying, like if we would have had $50,000 to work with, like, yes, we would have had the funds to develop more things. But at the end of the day, we always say too, you shouldn't like what you start with. Like start mm-hmm. with a concept, start with an idea. Like you should kind of look back and be a little embarrassed. And if, if you're not a little embarrassed, you probably started too late. Yeah. Put it out there, get feedback. You're going to have to work through the marketing aspect. You're going to have to flush through the site. It's never going to be perfect. So put it out there and then, you know, let that be your starting point that you build off of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this entire world of a startup, I mean, you're dealing with the financial aspect of it. You're dealing with building decks. And then eventually I'm assuming you went to investors later on. So is this something you learned as you were going? So Daily Drills is actually still 100% self-funded. Oh, wow. Okay. We actually never had to put any more money into the brand this far. So basically what happened is we sold through that first round. The pot grew a little bit bigger. We were able to start developing lounge, which is really where we started gravitating towards that fashion Ford element and away a little bit from athletic, just because we both realized that's where our passion lied and that's what we were really excited about. So we put that money towards sampling and buying the first round of the oversized crew neck, and then that sold out. And so the pot basically kept growing bigger and bigger to where we could sustain more sampling, more drops, different, you know, doing cross category pieces and stuff like that. So yeah, we don't have any plans to take on investors right now. We're going to try to remain self-funded as long as we can, but totally. Yeah. I I do think it's interesting too, because it allowed us to start like a little slower and a little smaller. So then we were able to, okay, let's test these few things. We loved this. We didn't love this as much. Like we thought we were going to be workout instructors at the beginning and that we were going to do just like high impact leggings and sports bras, and then realize that we like fashion a lot more than working out. So kind of have gone that (laughs) way. But then, so the first thing we did outside of athletic was the oversized crew neck. Then we added shorts the next round. Then we added a short sleeve top the next round. So kind of doing it slowly over time, I think has helped because yeah. we had to, like our hands were tied. We couldn't do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I, I like how that happened because yes. it, then it made it comp- us confident in every single thing that we were dropping next. And then we had old bestsellers that were coming back. So it, it really helped like naturally evolve our brand. And then it makes it, ha- it allows everything to make sense next to each other because we've introduced pieces slowly over time right. instead of like huge collections. Um, from the very beginning yeah the first couple months were slower in terms of like what we were putting out we were actually like innovating a whole ton from a design perspective the first four to six months it was just kind of introducing those core pieces and testing the water which I think is interesting because I feel like people look back and they're like oh you must have just like hit the ground running had all these different pieces and it's like no we started with like four or five staple items and just like what you know use that as a starting point and now we drop every like twice a month uh, we tried to, and there was like two months at the beginning that we wouldn't have anything. Yeah, literally, we, It was 2020. We couldn't get anything made. Right. Uh, but like, that was okay at the beginning. And I think it helped us um, grow to where we are now. Yeah. No, it might've been, I think it was actually probably a blessing in disguise that like, you weren't one of these brands that like started off with like a hundred K cause you might've, you know, put the money in the wrong place or lost yeah. certain funds. And so I think like the fact that you guys were starting off small, I mean, you also like learned the business literally from the ground up. And so you saw how, th- what was selling and what was not, or just right. all the logistics of everything. Um, but if someone had to ask you like, cause that first round you guys sold out right away. So if so, was it, what was it? Was it social media? Was it like, what was it that, you know, attributed to your success? I feel like a large part was social. Um, we sell mainly through social still, mm-hmm. which is great. Instagram mainly. Um, I think a brilliant idea that I think Ken had it at the beginning was we set our Instagram on private the day before and all the people that requested to follow us prior got the password to enter our site early. Um, mm-hmm. So those were like our number one. Ken and I kind of both come from influencer backgrounds. So we had a platform prior. So all those were kind of like our number one supporters, like girls that have supported us through a bunch of other things that we've done a lot of family and friends obviously at the beginning because when you're launching a new brand your family and friends get excited as well um so that wasn't the main push I think through social and just I think setting it on private and making something that no not everyone could get a part of at the beginning was interesting because by the morning we were sold out which was crazy but were you guys doing a lot of gifting in the beginning or was it or no with influencers (laughs) we were no, we are stingy. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. We wouldn't gift it to our family, our friends, unless you had a million followers, you were not getting gifted daily drills, which is so funny. Cause now like our biggest marketing hack yeah. is gifting. Like we just yeah. like crazy. We believe in the power of influencer. Marketing. Yes. We just yeah. quite frankly didn't have, the, we were like, okay, so this is how much it costs to make that piece that we're sending. This is how much it costs to ship. We were not guaranteed that they're going to post. And so we were like, we just simply couldn't afford it at the time. But obviously now we're like in such a different place. But at the beginning, no, we did not gift much. No, I think it's important too, like, especially as you're growing, like, you know, being careful of, you know, what you're giving away for free. But I also say too, on the opposite end of it from the customer end, like support your friends by buying, don't be expecting new stuff. I think there's a lot of people that's like, oh, my friend started a brand. So like, they're going to send me something for free. No, like help your friend's business grow by paying. So I think that's super important as well. Um, remember the people that like bought, like all of our friends, we have amazing supportive friends and like a ton of them bought the first collection, even that have large followings that that are sent stuff all the time. But like, as an owner of a brand, you so remember those people that like Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So it's so cool to be able to do that for someone else. Yeah. Now let's go into like the branding of all of this. Cause it's so good. So like what, when you're like thinking of like how to brand this, not just like the clothing itself, but like the messaging, like how, how did you guys come up with that? 
So the name, we actually had a different name picked out. It was already trademarked. My sister like sent me a long list. She's really good at naming things. We both gravitated towards daily drills. So that was kind of like our first branding marker. And then we literally paid a graphic designer. We're like, please make us a logo. Here's a font we like. And then she had actually kind of brought up the exclamation point, which now is like a huge pillar of our brand and something that I feel like really like kind of embodies who we are. And so that's kind of where it started. And then I don't know how we picked our green and cream color. We just kind of started like slowly iterating, but we did not like pay a designer to create a big brand deck and presentation where we picked, you know, this logo, this logo, this. So it's like me looking online, finding like $70. I drew them all out on a piece of paper and like emailed them to the graphic designer and was like, maybe something will inspire you from this can you just make a logo? Yeah. And then probably six months later, we made like an official brand. Exactly. Exactly. I think the exclamation point really like does embody daily drills and kind of the branding that we want to have in every aspect of everything that we do. We, Ken and I both got it tattooed on ourselves actually, (laughs) Um, but just like that excitement, that spontaneity, like just if getting dressed in the morning can like, let's make it fun versus Mm -hmm make it a routine or a chore. I think everything that we do, we like to do with a positive attitude, add an exclamation point on the end of a sentence. If you can, if you can add a period, like why not add an exclamation point? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like really everything has stemmed from that, which is yeah. funny to think. Yeah. And then when did you guys go? I'm curious when you went full-time with this, like you didn't, cause were you doing half and half, like half your normal jobs, half this. And then when did you go full-time? Um, so during COVID, I felt like there was an extra, there was so much more time. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. So we were able to do both. I was doing social for a few companies. Um, but I, I had like content shoot days on some days and then daily drills on some days. I I would say we did it like a few days a week, probably from my house. Um, we worked in my apartment, which was fun. Um, so we did it probably until December is when we really started going full-time. Like I already worked from home and I had clients remotely. So I didn't have like that much of a cutoff of full-time, but yeah. Can. So we, we came up with the idea in July. Our first drop was in November, November, yeah. November, by yeah. December, I had put in my two weeks. So I, I went full, full, full time with daily drills, January. You were maybe like, you had slowly started. Yeah. Like, I had to like slowly ease off my clients. Cause I had done their social for forever, but yeah. like uh, two of them I could do a little bit, but then by yeah. By March. Like February, March, we were both full-time with daily drills. Yeah. Okay. So at that point you were able to take profit away. Like pay ourselves. Yes. <laughs> were we? Uh, I think by the summer we were able to. Yeah. We started paying ourselves like $2,000 a month. <laughs> I think in like March or April. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's so important. And like, people don't realize like when you're building something, it is like, it has to be your full baby. Like you're putting almost everything like back into the right. business, even well, like you're, yeah. Yeah. Well, like you're saying too, it's like, okay, that's $4,000 combined that we could either reinvest back in it. Like, does the business need it? Like that was mm. kind of where our head was at. Like if the businesses need it, needs it, we're not going to take a salary. And we weren't expecting to be profitable within the first year. And we were, which is amazing. So once we started to have that, but we also had like hiring needs, like we um, hired a full-time employee and we had other things that we needed to put our money towards that we felt like we're going to pay off. It's a long run game for us. Like we weren't looking to like sell after a year, right? Like we do want to sell at some point, but it wasn't like after a year. So we're like, okay, what does the business need first? And then if there's some for us, then we'll take a, a cut. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think 2020, like that year was so like, so important for your brand's overall growth? Like if you didn't have that time, do you think you'd be in the same place now? 
I don't think that we would, because I don't think we would have had time to like text each other about it. Think of ideas, like even have time to say yes to something new. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like even right now life is back to normal and the speed is even quicker because we missed out on some time, Mm. but just like having the time to be like, I think I can do that. I think I have room and space for that. Like, let's think about it. I think I have time for you to come over and for us to look through fabrics and for us to like dream. And like, we made like a vision board and like cut out magazine strips. And it was like during COVID when there was literally nothing else to do. So honestly, I think it was the best timing for it to happen. Like if someone came to me right now, obviously I have a brand, so I couldn't, but like, yeah, even if I didn't, I don't think I would, I could say yes to it because it would seem too overwhelming. So Mm. really did COVID really did help in that way. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and then over, if someone said to you, like, what's your brand's overall message? I don't want to touch on this before, but like, what would you say to them? Like, what are you putting out? I think positivity and spontaneity. And we, we always say we want to be spontaneous styled and secure, secure. Mm-hmm. So really like, I mean, and we're not, we're for men and for women. So I don't want to like, you know, pigeonhole us, but it mm-hmm. really to feel great in what you're wearing that day and to feel like your best self, feel like you have permission to say yes to things that energize you and excite you and sit, buy the tickets to the trip that you've been dying to go on. And we really want our clothes to, to give women and men confidence to basically be and live their best lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys did $1 million in sales your first year, which is insane for a startup. Um, and so obviously people are resonating in some way. And I, I took a look at the clothing too. And I think like, it's so especially speaking for a woman, like the way it's designed, it like cinches the waist and it's like very flattering. You could wear it when like you're doing food shopping, which is most likely when I would wear it because working out is not my biggest thing these days. Um, but no, I think the way you guys designed it too was so great. And speaking of design, how did you come up with that? So design is always like the most exciting part for both of us. Mm-hmm. And we obviously work with a consultant and manufacturer who actually executes our ideas, but we basically go to her and depending on what we're inspired by, excited by the season of the year, when we want to take it into production, I feel like there are so many different variables that we have to take into consideration when we're coming to her and also just like how expensive the fabric is. But basically we dream big and then she helps us create something that's like affordable and sustainable and all of those different things. But we'll take her an idea. So for instance, the bubble bra, we have the bubble bra and belt shorts, which are made to work out, but you can also wear the bubble bra with a blazer on top and, mm-hmm. you know, wear it to drink. So we really want that versatility, but we like took to her the idea. We were like, Hey, like we're kind of seeing like a lot of like super exaggerated tops right now and the bubble and the cinch. And we, so we kind of had this idea and then she helped us hone in on it. And then we started picking the colors and the textures and going, you know, kind of like kind of start with one fit sample. We try it on and then we, and obviously now we fit other people, try it on, iterate off that, and then basically keep working towards that end result. And then once we sign off on it, it goes into production. So long-winded, but basically the design process starts with us kind of like coming up with a concept, bringing it to her, and then finding all of those variables that go into making a garment. Yeah. And I know people are going to want to know, but like, how do you even choose like which manufacturer to work with? Like, how did you go through that process? So that's something that really, really came to us, which is crazy. I feel like that was like a little miracle in itself, but the woman that we were both working for that I was doing social for that Ken was doing marketing for, she had a clothing line, um, but she also has another business and she does manufacturing. So she's our third partner and she helps us with everything manufacturing with factory relations, with sourcing all different sorts of things, um, which is amazing. I feel like 
she's just such a big part of our business and you can't do it without an amazing manufacturer. So if right. you're trying to start a clothing line, I would say find your manufacturer first. That's the biggest, biggest part and do whatever yeah. you can to make them like stay with you and, you know, be your biggest advocate, which she really is. But I would say there's consultants that you can hire that help you like Ken did a sweater line. So yeah, you could probably, yeah, I, I think I found her on like LinkedIn or just Google, but basically there are so many different people who are like full-time consultants. That's what they do. And they, they basically, you, yeah. yeah, help you. And they, they have all the factory relations. So you're not having to do any of the negotiating for fabric and sourcing and, and any of that. So if that's not your background and like sourcing supply chain isn't what you're excited by, there's somebody else who is excited by it. Yeah. And I think that like, we really come from like a marketing social background and we both love fashion and design. So that's really what we wanted to head. And I think since we didn't go to school for fashion, it's, it's, or like design or drawing, but we have creative ideas. I think it's so cool to hire people that have gone to school or have done that their whole lives. Our manufacturer, she's done it for at least 25 years. So just someone that's been in the space for forever that can do things that you're not necessarily great at so that you're able to do things that you are. Cause if Ken and I were talking to the factories back and forth all day or seeing when things are going to be delivered or whatever, then that would take up so much of our time and we wouldn't be able to do the creative, the design, the social, all of that. So just like, having someone that's specialized in something, take that away from you. I think it's the biggest thing that you can do for your business. Yeah. And also like recognizing where your strengths and weaknesses, right. Right. And yeah. like even look, looking at the two of you, like you both bring such different things to the table, but that's why it works so well. Um, I think trying to do everything on your own, it's just too overwhelming, nor you, not, not, not everybody has the same talents. Right. So I think that you guys were wise in doing that. Um, so working with your best friend, first of all, how did you guys even become best friends? Let's back up for a second. Like where, where did this relationship start? <laughs> we actually met on Instagram, which is so funny. We had a combined Instagram account with five girls, which was very cutting edge in like 2016 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I would post on one day, Ken would post on one day, another girl would post on another day. Um, but then what was the content, it was all fashion. It was okay. all fashion lifestyle. Okay. Um, we just, it was four girls or five girls from different parts of the country, which was so funny. But then Ken went to school in California and then I went to school to Cal at California the next year. And we met in person. When did we meet in person? I, I, I wish I remembered when we actually met in real life. I, know. I don't remember. So then we, when we met in real life in California, when we both lived out here, we, we were friends, but we went to different schools, you know, in LA, it felt like five hours away from each other. Yeah. Um, and then right when I graduated, we became close. We started Bible study together and sort of our, our that. friend circles were closer than we even thought, I think. Yeah. Um, so There's then so we, much overlap. yeah. So, you know, when you're, when you're in school, you hang out with your college friends and everything, but when we both moved into LA, I think we our our friend circle became very similar. So we started hanging out more and more, but Instagram is how we met. So it's, you known each other since 2016. Is, was it 16? Well, like on the, via Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think no, it was like even before that, I think. No, 2015. I was in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So via Instagram 2015, but I think we started becoming real, real good friends in like 2018. Yeah. Would you say like real life friends? Yeah. yeah. What was the handle? Do you remember of the five girls? Oh, it was called Bits of Bliss. <laughs> I did so, come up with that. You did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought Coco did. That's so funny. No, wait, maybe she did. 
No, one of y'all did. We we thought of names for that account for a while, but we it was like a lot of S's in it or something. Yeah, the other one was taken. Other handles were taken. <laughs> That's so cute. So so you guys, so the friendship really started, we'll say like 2018, and then like it just grew. And you both saw that you had this very like entrepreneurial spirit and led to daily drills. Cool. So like working with like one of your closest friends, what are some of the things that you learned that like work really well? Some of the things that may be more of a challenge, like expand on that. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think like objectively, right? I think it's hard to go into business with anybody because you're sharing visions and ideas. And like, if I were to run it 100% myself, I might run it a little bit differently. If Ralph were running it 100%, she might run it differently. There's always compromise in any business relationship. So I think you just like strip friends out of it in general. Like I could, I there are a lot of people who I couldn't work with and probably few who I could work with because it really takes that right synergy. And Ralph and I just, so happen to have that same like working great working relationship and synergy and what we like to do and we like to do very different parts of the business I do more of the, the operations she does more of the creative so really like I think yes because we're small we like work closely together but we are passionate about different parts of the business and feel more strongly about different parts of the business so it really helps that we have those different um more specialties I guess I would say yeah. um and then as far as like creating like a business, like keeping our business and friendship, like a little bit separate, obviously like they are connected in so many ways. And we've got so much closer, just getting to work together every day. Mm-hmm. And it's such a blessing. But I think like having an office space is so awesome because when we're in the office, we're pretty much talking about work and building the brand. And then when we're outside of the office, we're really good about compartmentalizing and giving ourselves space to like, just be friends and like go out to lunch and shop and talk about our, you know, our personal lives. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a dance, but I feel like we're pretty good at it. Yeah. And I think hiring someone too really helps yeah. like someone in the middle, someone that, you know, catches all the loose ends and, and keeps us both on track versus me telling Ken and Ken telling me, I think it's helpful to have that like third person that's sort of, you know, helping all of those other yeah. things. That's been like such a blessing, I think. Totally. No, I think that's also healthy that you guys have separate spaces for like where you're at, like having that office where you like put on that like business hat and like, that's what you're focused on versus like outside is like very important. I think like wherever you're at, it's just, even if you're like someone working from home, like have your area where like you're working and then like a separation where you leave, just you need it for yourself. It's yeah. Cause uh, it could be a lot, but you know, also working with one of your best friends, you know, what's been, what's, what's been something that you guys have gone through together that has like strengthened your relationship or friendship. Ooh, that's a good question. Do you have like a specific situation that you feel like strengthened their friendship? I don't know. I'm trying to think. We travel a ton together now. We do every shoot on location, which is super, super fun. It's something that we we love to travel ourselves and our followers. We've seen like love it and love when a collection's inspired by a location. So I think just like tra- with traveling, we did it prior, but now we do it so much that co- yeah, that so much. comes with like we get so close, so much closer and closer. But I also think like on the stressful days when something arrives and like something's wrong or yeah. something, it's super short or, you know, 200 pieces are missing or like crazy things like that. Like that you can, you can react so many different ways. I think it's nice because we're both there. And so we yeah. can lean on each other, but also like I might freak out or Ken might freak out, but like, we can't because we don't want to like freak the other person out, you know? So I think like the, just yeah. like when, shit hits the fan I feel like we get so much closer like 100% we, we really do help each other like if it was just it it seems like things are going downhill really quickly some days but I think having another person really helps like okay like 
it's not that big of a deal. I don't, I'm not that stressed about it. So you shouldn't be, you right. know? Like, yeah. We've had so many times where we've had to push back a launch date due to like yeah. supply chain, or we needed to reshoot something or there are just like so many things that are honestly circumstantial and out of our control, quite frankly. And I think that's hard for both of us. Cause we're both very like, we're just like on top of it. And we really like put everything into the brand and it's hard when you have a plan and the plan goes south. Yeah. And so I think that's definitely, you're right. Made us so much closer. Cause we've really been able to like work through those like difficult circumstances. And thankfully it's not been anything that's like devastating, but they're just all these different things that sometimes can feel cumulative and like stressful in that moment. But yeah. Thankful that we're not doing it alone. It would be so hard. Yeah. I think that's like a business partner. Cause like, I'm actually cannot imagine like if everything falls on my shoulders, like it's so nice. Cause we both carry the burden of everything, yeah. which yeah. is I think too, um, cause I love that you guys even like talked about this and not a lot of people do, which is like the faith aspect. So I also, I'm assuming you guys are Christian. That's how you guys grew yeah. up. Yeah. So I am as well. And like, you know, especially like in the business of media and marketing, it's not some, it's very, something that's like shied away from. So I love that you guys brought it up. And I think too, that's another thing a lot of people don't talk about is like, I always tell people like my faith is like the foundation of my life. It's literally how I operate in every area. So I think that the fact that you guys have that is also the thing that keeps you guys like sane. and that's the place that you come back to. And I'm sure that carries like in your romantic relationships as well, but especially in a business relationship, I think having that as like the foundation is like so important. So, yeah. cause we both like know what's the big thing in life and know like the place that daily drills is like, obviously it's our life and our, in our job and, and our baby, but like, it's not the biggest, most important thing in the world. So I think mm-hmm. that like helps us with that perspective of it makes it like seem a bit easier and just like even a year and a half into business, we're able to look back and see like so many silver lining things, like doors that have opened for us that shouldn't have, like that we attribute to God. And we're like, I mean, he's done this so many times for us in one, in one and a half years. Like, of course it's going to happen again, you know? So just having that perspective, I think so helps. Yeah. I, I know for me, like my faith got a lot stronger just in, in, in 2020 and forward because the fact that, you know, I think a lot of people were just like seeking for answers and it was a time like God really called me to like, you know, speak to him. And I tell people when you start getting closer in your faith, you'll kind of understand why God is opening certain doors and why he's closing others. Um, yeah. You know, I think when you're further away, you're like, you know, but God, why'd you do this? Or why didn't you do this? And then, you know, you'll understand, you'll kind of see like where, why things are happening for you. Um, so I, you know, I think the fact that you guys like take that into your business is like, you know, awesome. Um, yeah, so fun. We try. It's good. Yeah. Um, and what is like, I know you guys say you traveled a lot. What's been like your favorite place you've been together so far? Paris? Yeah, I think Paris. Paris. Okay. You, you guys Paris. went together alone? Well, we went, we went actually for a while, but we shot our collection there um, that launched in February. Um, it was like wide leg pants, um, sweatshirt bras and sweatshirts and little um, sweatshirt dresses. So it was so cute. And, and the tones were more mature, sort of the Parisian European inspired look. So Ken was already going to Paris with her husband. And we kind of like tagged along to that and shot. And literally we were the only ones at the Louvre in January. Like no was one great. was there. It was, it yeah. was free thing. So we were like shaking the whole time in little sports bras and sweatpants. <laughs> it was so much fun. I think that was probably our favorite trip to date, but we're going somewhere next week too, that I'm super excited about. So where, where are you going? Summer. We're going to the Bahamas, Harbor Island. Oh my God. I'm going to the Bahamas in a few months. I'm going to Bahamar. So you guys are going? Oh yeah. Yes. So pretty. 
Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's so good. Um, okay. Some of the lessons that you learned, you guys have so many great quotes. There's one that I love. And I'm going to quote it, which is say yes often, but say no enough to make sure your yeses count. So like that expand on like what that means to you. So basically I think we, we were really good about this last year. Probably said yes, a little bit too much. Didn't make our nose count enough, <laughs> but basically it's like having that discipline to really like when an opportunity comes your way to inspect it and be like, okay, do I want to do this? Is this adding? Is this building the business? Is this giving us energy or inspiration? Yeah. And so if, if it is like, we're going to say yes, and we're going to be like all in, but say no enough so that you have space, time, capacity to be fully present when you say yes. Last year, I feel like we kind of said yes to literally everything. Literally everything. Literally everything, which was awesome for our business, opened so many doors. But I feel like we didn't have the time personally to like recoup, recover, reset for the next thing that we had going on. So it's like having that discipline to really know like when your capacity is full and when you have room for new things and when you do to like actually say yes and like surprise yourself a little bit. Yeah. My mom used to always say that growing up. So I think that that's like something that we've always thought about. I think also as an entrepreneur, um, especially as you're growing, like knowing when to say no could be a challenge too. Cause I think you, you want, like, you want to say yes to everybody and make everybody happy and, you know, have every opportunity possible, but you also can't operate on an empty tank. And so I think like that is like a, a lesson I'm sure you guys have learned, you know, along yeah. the way. Um, another thing I loved, which I was reading is that like, you guys like, you know, it's like even like know your FedEx, you know, worker. And so like, I think being kind to everybody, no matter what level they're at, you know, why has it been so, you know, a big part of your business? I think it's just so important because there's like every little thing, right? Like our FedEx driver, if we didn't have him, like no one would ever get a package. So Mm -hmm. pretty crazy. Like the weight, those like small jobs, quote unquote, hold. And like, we so see that. And I think it's, it's crazy to see how many people like their FedEx drivers come to their ha- their business every day for the past five years and they don't even know their name or your nail girl that you've gone to since you were seven years old. You don't even right. know her name or how many kids she has. Like, it's pretty crazy how those yeah. people that do so much for you kind of, you just let them pass you by. Mm. So I think like, that's just been a huge thing. Like the plumber that comes to our office, like we're gonna like, thank God he comes, you know, <laughs> I mean, otherwise our office would be flooded. Like just a million things that it's easier to be kind to them. And like, it goes so much further. Like our FedEx guy, we have his phone number. So he, on our days that we can't be there till 2 PM when he comes and picks up, he comes early. Like you just, we don't do it to get stuff in return, but it is crazy how many like amazing things come out of like being kind to the people that are often overlooked, which is sad. I love that. I know it's, it's so true. And you also never really know, like, like we always, I think people who have businesses like they, they don't pay as attention like to the quote unquote smaller people, but like, first of all, you never know what those people are going through during their day. And so like dismissing them or not giving them like the kindness that you would give, like your, maybe your counterpart, um, is it's not cool. And it's like you said, there's so much that comes out of it from being kind to people. I mean, people love feeling appreciated, um, and that they're doing a good job and they're doing what they're meant to do. And so, yeah, I love that you guys like take that with you. Um, like how if you do it in front of someone like they do it they do it the next time like we give a LaCroix to our what whoever comes to our door and like now our interns do even do that like I don't even think they think about it but it's just interesting like it really does affect everyone around you and like 
set the standard for how everyone interacts. Yeah. And like you said, it's more, I think what you said before, which is like, listen, you guys are starting a company and that's amazing. But then at the day, like, you know, what, what really is going to be important is like how you treat people and like, what message are you leaving behind? And, um, you know, I think that's really awesome. So very good. Um, another thing too, is that I love that you guys said this and I just, it's well, you talked about, you know, pivoting your careers and it's never too late to pivot, which I think is awesome. Um, there was a quote you guys had. Okay. I love this. It was dad is great, but so are your instincts. And so I'm sure when you guys were like starting, maybe all the numbers weren't there, or maybe like, it seemed like this wasn't a possibility, but you like went with your gut. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, we really went with our gut. So much (laughs) has been instinct driven. And I'm so grateful for that because I think we know our customers, honestly, better than anybody else. We're the ones on Instagram. We're the ones on emails, or if we're not, they get forwarded to us. So we have like that closest interaction and we know what they're asking for, what they're Mm -hmm. purchasing. And I can go hire somebody and we do hire somebody to help us inventory plan. And they're going to say, okay, this is what sold. And this is whatever. But if we know like, hey, like everyone's leaning towards the color blue and like, hey, we're going to all these like high-end designers and like trend forecasting and everybody else is wearing blue, like, or whatever, a different color. I don't know where I'm going with this story, but basically, (laughs) I forget what color is what, but um, basically what I'm trying to say is we're not going to necessarily, we'll take that, that data and that information as like, okay, great. We have that in the back of our minds. But if we feel like everybody else is wanting this thing, we're going to create that thing. And I think leaning on our instincts throughout the entirety of our business, whether that is when to hire, when to get in office space, when to, um, you know, design new things, how much, all of those things, like so much of it has been instinctual. And I'm like, so grateful that we Mm -hmm. did that versus like, ask someone who's like, you, you know, you can ask someone who's been in business for, 40 years. Okay. When would you pay yourself? Okay. When would you, you know, create an LLC and everybody's answer is going to be a little bit different. So like Mm -hmm. take into consideration, but at the end of the day, like, you know, your business the best. And so trust that. Yeah. I think it's, we've definitely done it and it's worked in our favor, thankfully, but also we are ourselves, like our customer, like we know them really well, but I think we also represent them. Yeah. Um, So if we love something, we're like, we, we like call we're like oh the girls like we like think all of our customers are like our friends like the like we promise they're gonna love this color more and some people will be like well you know this is the color of the season whatever and we're like well we love it more and so I think they're gonna love it more yeah so that's kind of a cool place to be versus like two old guys doing a brand you know it's like we literally are our customers we wear all this stuff just like everyone else does so just leaning like okay we like this so they will probably yeah, like this for sure. yeah and I'm sure it's been cool to see how like trusting yourself has like paid off and like that confidence yeah. has like grown over time so good let's talk, talk a little bit of just about your personal life so we see that one is married is there, are we dating or no Yes. I have a boyfriend. Okay, cool. Um, how, so what is like personal life? Like, like, how are you balancing business and then, you know, time for yourself? Yeah, that's a great (laughs) question. Um, that's a really good question. Okay. I'm, I'm newly married. So like kind of like a pandemic wedding courthouse proper Mm -hmm. wedding a year later. So that, that all is pretty new to me, but my husband has his own thing going and he's kind of like building his own business in a sense. So I feel like we work really well. We're very compatible because we're both very driven and career driven, but at the same time, like we love traveling. We love making the most of weekends. We love like new experiences, building deep relationships, community church. So we have like a lot of like interests that overlap outside of work, which is really, really nice. So we genuinely like love spending time together. So I think it's, it's helpful because 
we're kind of on the same wavelength in terms of like work. And so he respects me. Like last night I was literally doing emails till way too late. And he like respects that I need to do that because he knows that when, when that happens for him and he's not at home in time for dinner, I respect that as well. So we, I feel like I'm very much aligned there and just also finding time to be off our phones, like on the weekends or on certain nights, like putting our phone down, being present. I think like that has really helped create balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good at that. I feel like we try, but it's always like a dance, right? But I think just having someone that like you're compatible with Houston's my boyfriend and we both are from the same hometown. We're both from Austin, Texas, which really helps. Um, We both love family. And we, when we go back, we go back together. We both love the beach. We both love to travel. So we do like having interests outside of work. I think is super important, but also like, it's nice that he has a very different job than me, but still creative, still fun. And like, he can work remote and can go and do, but like them having something that they do all day and us having something we do all day and then coming together on the weekends or after work and being able to do similar things that we love is so nice. That's and so they're like good. the most supportive. Yeah, they're, Houston and Justin are Daily Drill's biggest fans. That's they're all like they wear. half the reason we started it. They were like, you're gonna be yeah. successful. People are gonna love it. Like when we would question ourselves, they would be like our hype men. Yeah, they love it. That's amazing. Actually, our, our event next or tomorrow is we did guys and girls. We invited a bunch of girls and their husbands or boyfriends. And because we're like, Justin and Houston need to be like, they yeah. need to come to an event. They love it so much. So it'll be fun. Oh my God. And they should be your biggest fans, obviously. No, love to hear that. Um, what about yourselves? Like, how are you guys like just alone time, like just to do your own thing? How are you, what are you guys doing for that? Alone time. <laughs> We're alone. We're, that's my, that's what I'm trying to work on actually. So I'm glad you brought this up because this is going to okay. really be like a good therapy session. My issue but... is I come home from work. I usually call somebody while I make dinner. Then my husband comes home and then we talk and watch TV till we go to bed. So we're going to start building in that alone time. I'm not sure where it's going to come from, but yeah. I'm going to start carving out like 15, 20 minutes. I'm like an extroverted introvert. So I really need to be by myself to recharge mm-hmm. I'm really bad at like setting down my phone. Um, but I think working out, like we both are really into working out. Yeah, I and I think helps. that is like kind of my personal time, like 30 minutes in the morning. I'm usually pretty good about that to like kind of unplug from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, but like journaling, praying, like all of that, I think I need to be more, do it in more concentrated times. Like I'm very much like pray as I drive, pray, like very efficiency driven. And I think I need to like slow down a yeah. little bit. I literally wrote in my journal this morning. It, it's the mad happy journal. It's actually interesting. It, it asks you different questions. And it was like, what's one thing you're working on today? And I was like doing one thing at a time. Yes. Like mm-hmm. literally I try to do eight things at a time. And like, I always, I don't love being by myself. I do in doses, but like, I'm more of a social person. I like people around. So like you say, like, I'm always calling someone or I'm doing this or like, I mean, me and Ken talk on the phone the whole time that we drive home from work. It's like kind of <laughs> crazy, but it's just good to like do one thing at a time. Like, let me just drive and then just drive. Like, yeah, let me just go on a walk and just go on a walk. Don't call someone about work the whole time or don't be mm-hmm. texting or, you know, all of those things. I think just doing so one thing at me. a time is so good, but it is, I mean, I'm not married. So it's kind of nice that I have like mornings and nights, like, like last night, Houston was at his house in Malibu. So I was just by myself, which I mean, I have a roommate too, but it's kind of nice. Cause we've lived together for forever. So we're able to do our own thing. Um, 
but just like having a little alone time, like yeah. sitting in my room by myself and just journaling or like watching a show is, is actually nice. Yeah. <laughs> it is really nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys can relate, but like there are times where I'm like, I don't have time for my alone time or I just, or it's, I, there, there's so many things going on like that's not even a possibility, but the truth is once you actually do it, you realize, oh wait, like I did have time to do that. And like that, I huh. totally fit that yes. into my schedule. Yeah. Um, I think we like make it out more to be, I think part of it might be sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's just the feeling of being overwhelmed and like, like, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the word today or I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to work out today. I, I just, I just literally just want to like go on TikTok for me like 10 hours yeah. a day. Um, but I, if you realize like once you do it, you do have the time and, and then you feel it's, so I always, it's, it really is like the gym though. Like you never want to go, but then once you go, you're like so happy that you yeah. did that. Um, so yeah. So That's true. Good. Yeah. And then what are your goals for the next, let's say like the next, like, I don't know, like two to three years. Like what do you guys hope to achieve personally and professionally? Ooh, next two to three years. That's a great question. I think personally, I kind of want to find like where in LA I want to settle down. I think that's like kind of a goal for us. We currently live in an apartment and we're kind of trying to figure out whether or not we buy in the next two or three years. It doesn't really matter, but just like what kind of area within LA? Cause there are so many pockets that we really want to like plant, settle down, like build our community around and like, we're not having kids yet, but like, you know, build our family one day. So I think that's like a, a big personal goal of ours. Um, and then professionally, like with daily drills, I am really excited to just continue building out our team. Like I hope in two to three years, we have 10 plus employees. I hope we're creating new categories that we haven't even dipped into yet that we talk about all the time, but like are just kind of waiting for that right time, right place. Um, I really want to be on Forbes 30 under 30. I've got about four, three and a half more years to do that. So that's another professional goal, but I really want to like give daily drills my everything at the end of the day and like get to watch it blossom into all the potential that we know it has. Yeah. Yeah. I would say very similar for me, like finding, finding a place like in LA, I love where I live now, but I've lived there for forever. So I'd love to move. I'd love to be married in probably two to three years. Um, you hear that Houston? Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I, I would have a kid in three years. I know you would. You're um, going to surprise everybody. She's going to walk into work one day and we're going to be like, whoa, where'd that come from? Um, and then I think with daily drills, just like, I just get super excited about the creative and the just creating in new categories. There's like, so I have so many ideas and so many different things that I think we can make. And that I think will be amazing. And I know they can't all happen. Like this year. So I, it's just exciting to yeah. look forward. Like, okay, not, it, it is crazy that we think like, okay, not next summer, but the next, I think we'll launch this, which seems so far away, but in fashion, that's kind of what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So it just keeps us excited for what's next. Like there's always something more fun down the pipeline, yeah. which just, it's obviously like the here and now is great, but it's also fun to have things to look forward to. So just the expansion of categories in our team and hopefully like a bigger office space. Yes. Yes. And put that also, out there. A fulfillment center. We, we sell fulfill all yeah. of our packages still which is amazing but I think that I think in two years in two Ken, to we gotta let her I think yes we gotta I let it go house might be nice yeah Oh my God. You guys are awesome. I feel like I've literally known you forever. Like you'd get, you, you definitely, you know, girl energy. I love it. Um, and thanks for being so transparent, by the way, I think like, you know, a lot of people like don't like to talk about like the nitty gritty details of how they start a business. If it's, if it's like some like big secret, but I think like being open and like telling people, it's just honestly, it makes me want to like buy a million dollars of like your product. Honestly. So uh, yeah. But um, thanks so much for coming on. And I'd love to connect next when, when I'm in LA, if you're in New York. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. But you guys are great. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks guys. Bye.
All right, guys. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the episode just as much as I did. All of the info and the links to their website will be in the description of this podcast. You guys have to check out their clothing. It's amazing. They sent me some stuff and it's like literally so cozy and warm and chic. And I love it. Perfect for like the airport or just like running errands. I'm obsessed. So definitely go check it out. Also, please be sure to subscribe so you're the first to hear about new episodes. Rate and review. Please rate and review and leave five stars. It would mean the world and helps my growing podcast. And until then, have a great week, you guys. I love you all. Take those deep breaths and we will chat soon. Bye.